Welcome to Trade Centre Live, brought to you by Sportsmate and Footy Live, where we talk all things trades, bringing you all the breaking news and real opinions from real fans. It's day three today, and each day we're going to speak to big fans about their beloved clubs, followed by a live 4pm show to wrap up your daily trade news. Get on Instagram right now, afl.footylive is our page, and hashtag Trade Centre Live on Twitter as well, and Instagram to get involved. Stay tuned for those times of the daily shows, and then the news wrap, of course, is at 4pm every day of the trade period. I spoke to Nuz from the Sensible Crows podcast earlier, but now it is time for some Bombers banter with the one and only Rob from the Sash podcast. Rob, welcome. James, thanks for having me, mate. Uh, it's nice to be in the uh, AFL silly season once again. Yeah, no, it's great to have you on. And I can tell what a professional with that mic sounding crisp. <laughs> Absolutely love it, mate. Hey, you've got 7,300 followers on Instagram. No, that's more than the Bombers average at, uh, at games. That is huge. Uh, I think we pull it. I mean, maybe this year, the, the number <laughs> that much, but no, no normally uh, pull a, a bit more than that. And um, also got quite yeah. a few, I think about 12,000 on the Facebook page as well. So oh, got a very loyal audience uh, of Sash followers. So hello to everyone who's tuned in for this. We do appreciate your support. That's good, man. You're selling merch on there as well. I just had a look. How good is the merch? So who designs this stuff? Uh, I've got a mate who takes care of it for me and then... Mm. I've got another mate who runs a merch company in Carlton um, where they print and ship everything. So it's all done here locally. Um, they ship them to you. Um, got a few designs up there. I think there's a, a Jake Stringer, might be a Dustin yeah. Parrish, a few others. I probably need to update them for uh, maybe for next year. But um, yeah, no, they're going well. I like this one, Lucas on the left. So that one looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is good stuff. Hey, why do you go for Essendon, by the way? Is it in the family um, or? Yeah, the old man. Um, I grew up yeah. in Hawthorne, funnily enough, but my dad was a you know diehard Essendon supporter. So I didn't have mm. much of a choice. Um, the story sort of went that my older sister went to a Melbourne game, came home supporting the D's, and then dad was like, oh, shit, better get Rob onto Essendon pretty quick, smart. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, it was indoctrinated into me from probably about two years old. And as far as I can remember back, I've always had a, a ridden back. Uh, black scarf around my neck. Yeah. Brilliant. What's your earliest memory of the Dons then? Oh, pretty. Uh, I mean, I can, I can remember 2000. Um, mm. I do remember the 99 prelim loss to Carlton. I remember mm. my dad crying. Oh, I was, really? I remember yeah. we sat there, listened to it live on the radio together. Um, Cause obviously back then, you know, the games in Melbourne, you wouldn't often get them live on TV. Yeah. We sat there together in the study, listening to the radio. And then I remember him crying and I, I, I didn't quite get it then, mm. um, like the, the sort of passion of it. But then by next year, obviously, you know, we did win the premiership. Um, Dad conveniently just bought a new TV to watch the grand final on, which is a good move. Yeah. So that, that that sticks in the memory a lot. Yeah. Are you a crier as well these days? Do you, have you teared up over the Dons? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, I definitely teared up a few times during all the stuff with the saga. Um, hasn't been anything in the last sort of year or two that I've really needed to cry I feel like I'm more of a, a celebratory crier. So, mm. you know, maybe when we break the finals drought or hopefully uh, get the, the next premiership, I might shed a few tears. <laughs> That's right. I always wonder this. Who do you, as an Essendon fan, who do you hate the most? Because the Ruse hate you, mm. but not a lot of people know that. Um, <laughs> Hawthorne, you've got your Collingwood, your Carltons, your Richmonds. Who do you hate the most? 
For me, it's Hawthorne uh, yeah. on a personal level. That, but that's because I grew up in Hawthorne and my <laughs> family's kind of split down the middle Hawthorne-Essendon with a couple of random Geelong and Melbourne supporters thrown in there. But the majority kind of goes to one side or the other. So that was always a thing for me. I know so many people who go for the club, obviously, they've had a great dynasty in the past, you know, so 10 years or so that when we were, you know, at our lowest point. So that one for me, quite personal. And then, I mean, it's very hard to split Carlton and Collingwood for second. Um mm. Like I actually do feel like I do obviously like there is a rivalry there with Carlton, but I think in the last few years it has kind of dropped off a little bit. Oh, the yeah, Adam Sard yeah. thing now has kind of given it a bit of spice again, a bit of fire. Yeah. But before that, like both sides were crap. Like no one was playing <laughs> good footy. Like we were down the bottom of the ladder and it's like, oh, let's get up for Carlton. It's like, it doesn't mean that much. Um, so yeah, I think the Adam Sard stuff's definitely lit the fire of that rivalry again. Which yeah. I, I always feel it depends who your mates are as well. If you've got some yeah. annoying mate to go for Carlton or Collingwood, it just, it just makes it that much worse. And that's what it's pretty unique here. I mean, we know overseas sports, there's like, they don't even speak to each other, but we're close yeah. with our mates. It doesn't matter. There's so many teams here in Melbourne, but I reckon if you've got an annoying mate, it just makes things so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like I've got a lot of Melbourne Demons mates and over the journey, you know, I've always felt sorry for the days and I've always got a bit of a soft spot for them. Obviously now that the premiers and I'm sure they're going to be good for the next few years, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to start hating Melbourne now. Like yeah. this is kind of yeah. what happens. You get good, people start to hate you. So that's right. Everyone hated the Don's early 2000s for a bit when they looked unbeatable, but then yeah. that passed pretty quickly. Hey, let's speak about this season before we get to the trade stuff, because the trade stuff is, is what we're really here for. But I want to talk yeah. about Essendon's year. And I like what you did here. So I think in your podcast, um, you did mention that you've become more reliable and you've got, mm. you get, you gave away your pot award. So you had your best player was Zach. Merit, best yep. short kick in the AFL. Yep. Um, you've got Parrish and Laverde. Uh, best recruit was Nick uh, Nick uh, Hind. Uh, yep. Harry Jones was rookie of the year. Most improved was Tom Cutler. Yeah. Um, and Sam Draper. How would you, can you rate your season? Though? Like, give it a rating from A, a to F, grade it. Yeah. Look, it's probably a B, plus, I think. Mm. Um, I think. For us, you know, winning finals is what takes you into being an A category. But considering, you know, if you go back to the tapes and if you listen to our preseason podcasts and our round, like round one and two podcasts, like it's pretty grim. Like we were very <laughs> dark at the start of the year. Obviously, the fallout from end of last year with all these players leaving, you know, worst fault going, no one really knew what we were going to get with truck. Um, so the expectation was low. Like mm. I, I've gone back through the tapes and um, Ryan, who's on our show, just said, I'm hoping to see a game plan this year. You know, if that's what you're going into the season with, like <laughs> the patients are pretty low. You're hoping for a game plan. But, that's right. And then look, it was a pretty poor start to the year. I think we went two and six um, from the first eight games. And then it started to click from there. And the back half, it was pretty good. So mm-hmm. look, considering the, you know, where I was at and how far away I thought we were as a club, you know, to, you know, being a premiership contender, I think it's a B plus because in a space of a year, I've gone from going where miles off to going, Oh no, I can actually see something. Yeah. Here. There's a good yeah. squad to developing. There's a good game plan. And you know, I backed the coach in. So I'm pretty happy with where we're going. Yeah. Speaking of the coach, it's good when you get some Richmond talent in, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's been brilliant. Everything he's touched this year has turned to gold. And I think, I think I rated it at, I graded it an A because I had no, I had so low expectation for the Dons. Even like you said, all the, all the supporters did as well. And then the, the second half of the year was great. And you make the eight, you finish 11 and 11, and then you lose to the dogs week one. But still, I thought it was a fantastic season. I think it was your highest percentage since 2003 or something yeah. like that. And the losses were close as well. And you had some absolute, 
floggings that you dished out. I think there was one against Saints, um, 75 yeah, points. 70 points. Then, Kilda, yeah. yeah, North, 70 points. Adelaide, 63. Gold Coast was nearly 70 points. Do you have a, a, a highlight of the year that stands out? Um, look, I'll, I'll answer that question two, two parts. I think really good sign from us this year was that we were able to put away good sides. In past years, we might fluke the odd good game against an okay mm. side, but I mean, there was a run there for five or six years. Western had a history of losing to the bottom play side when we played them. But I feel like last year we got that monkey off our bat. On a personal note, my highlight was Anzac Day because I got to go to the game. Um, oh, yeah, it was yeah. 75,000 the, the, you know, at the G. We mm. won, um, which we haven't won a lot of Anzac days in the past 10 years. So on a personal level, that was my favorite. But mm. I think the St Kilda game was when everyone just sort of went, hold on, maybe there's some, there's some light here because we'd had two pretty poor games in round one and two. Um, we have you know, a few injuries in the Port Adelaide game. And then suddenly we dish out a flogging to a side that most people tip to play finals. Um, and we would, you know, they were heavily favoured going in the game. And then I think we had two debutants in the game. I think Waterman played his first game. I think that was Perkins' first game as well. Um, and then obviously a few other guys who had debuted in round one and they're all kicking goals. And we're like, hold on, we've, we've picked up some good talent here. And then obviously went on from there. Yeah, yeah, Brent. Hey, just quickly going back a little bit, you you chose your best player, Zach Merritt. W- yep. Why was he above Darcy Parrish? What was the reasoning behind that? <sighs> I think it's a consistency thing. I think mm. Darcy Parrish's best was better than Zach Merritt. Like he mm. had some standalone games that were just, you know, a, a perfect 10 type performance where he wins heaps of ball. He kicks goals. He's just everywhere in the ground, but he did have, he did drop off later in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you saw in the Brownlow, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he pulled a vote in the last four or five games um, potentially. Yeah, so, yeah. Whereas Zach, Zach just comes in week in, week out. You know what you're going to get out of Zach Merritt. And, you know, Paris did cop a bit of attention. He cops some tags. And mm. I obviously think he did tire out. But Zach Merritt, I don't know. Like I've said on the podcast before, I think he's the best short kick in the competition. Um, he does some things by foot, which blow my mind. He just seems to find people in positions that you just don't think are possible. Um, and he's just consistent um, and deservedly was an Australian player. Hmm. Well, let's talk about a couple of lowlights or room for improvement, I guess. I think it's in a solid season, like we mentioned, but a couple of things can be tweaked. I felt maybe a little bit of disconnect between mid and forward sometimes, and you really there was no consistent performer up forward throughout the whole year. And I think interceptors yeah. had a field day a few you know, times. Harris Andrews took 10 intercepts, Sam Taylor, Jake Lever had 10 as well. So is that where the biggest improvement needs to come from? And what did you have a low light of, of the season? Yeah, I think I think it does have a need to a big improvement. Um, I think the back line still has a little bit to go. Um, mm. There were periods early on in the season where we weren't actually conceding a lot of ball into defence, but they were you know teams were scoring almost every one or two times they were coming into yeah into, yep. the, into that setup. But I feel like that group you know did sort of get a bit of cohesion. But yeah, you are right. We really did struggle to have a, a super consistent forward. Um, Kyle Hooker was very strong on the start of the year, as was um, McDonald, Tipper, Moody. But then the back half of the year, there was, you know, fleeting moments where like Peter Wright had big games, Harrison Jones had big games before he gets injured. But then it did kind of fall away. Um, and look, it's been an issue of Essendon for a long time that we have a few guys who can be prone to just launching it on the foot, um, whether that's just through their, you know, skill set themselves or if it's a pressure thing. Um, but we are, you know, we have been pretty prone to just, you know, bombing on people's heads. I think in the games where 
you know, we won and we played better footy. We, we tried not to do that, but you know, when teams pressures up, you don't have the luxury sometimes to be able to take that extra second to hit a target. So yeah, I, I do agree with you. I, I think that is the area that does need the, the most improvement. Um, I still think a midfield has a little bit further to go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's good signs there and there's good depth, but you know, in you know, the, the biggest game of the season that really mattered, the final, they, you know, were clearly outplayed um, you know, all, all game. I mean, my my two lowest points, I think, of the season um were you know, almost at opposite ends to each other. I'll exclude the final, but round two against Port Adelaide was really dark because we got flogged by 10 or six goals or 10 goals, sorry. Um, three players went out with, you know, long-term injuries and it really did look doom and gloom for the season yeah. there. The other one for me was the second GWS game um, where we played them. I think we played them up in Queensland and they just, we were completely outcoached. They possessed the ball. Um, I think Lockie Whitfield had high 30s, almost 40 touches for the day. And they just basically played keepings off. And that was a point where we really had an opportunity to cement a spot in the eight and potentially then um, maybe even finish six and get, you know, a home final quotes. We kind of fell apart then. Um, and I actually didn't think we were going to play finals after losing that game. So they're two ones that really stand out for me as low points of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, let's speak about the trade uh, period now. Now, I don't think Essendon are going to be huge players in this. There was all the news last year, all the all the players who departed and who you got in. And um, this season, you know, not a huge player in the in the trade period, but you got Jake Kelly as uh, um, on Friday, and he should add a little bit in defence. Is uh, is a pretty decent pickup for you? Do you rate him highly? Um, look, I'll be I'll, I'll be brutally honest. I have not watched a lot of Jake Kelly. Um, the Adelaide game where we played them, I don't think many Adelaide players touched the ball for good portions of that game. So it was pretty hard to get a good indicator on them. And because they've been down the bottom of the tail, I haven't watched a lot of them. From what I've read and what I've gathered is that, you know, he is a, a pretty good lockdown mid to small defender. Yep. And I think that's something that will help Essendon a lot. If you, you look through the season, there's been quite a few times where small forwards have kicked, you know, two, three, four plus goals on us and have been a bit of a problem. And the guys we've kind of got there now, um, I wouldn't say any of them are a real lockdown small yep. forward. They're not like a you know an old Sydney Nick Smith type sort of lockdown small to forward. Uh, so small defender, sorry. Like Tom Cutler gets beaten quite a lot. Dyson Heppel can get beaten quite easily. So can Redmond and um, Hind at times as well. Even though his pressure's up there, he's just not that real lockdown player. So from what I've gathered is they're kind of hoping that Kelly will you know take the best small forward and then we'll give those other guys the, you know the ability to be the um, the rebounding type play mm. that Essendon has. So look, good pickup. It's a free pickup. Um, you know, obviously we're not giving anything away for him. I, I don't think he's on a mega contract, so it doesn't work out. It's not a big loss, but um, look, I'm keen to see what he offers. Yeah, yeah, so am I. I mean, we had. The, I was talking to the Adelaide uh, fan before this, and he said he's one of the worst kicks in the competition, <laughs> Kelly. So I don't think he was happy. That he, uh, he wasn't too <laughs> unhappy that he departed, but maybe there was a little bit of saltiness in that. But no, yeah. he he's been involved in in more one on one defensive contests than any other player last year, and he lost only about sixteen percent of them. So he's a good lockdown. So look, I'm hoping that he does well. Yeah. And I think he reunites with uh, Ben Rutten because they're on the same list, playing list in 2014. So Yeah, wow, I didn't know that. There you yeah, go. There's a bit of a connection there <laughs> with the two. So not bad. And, and Ben Rutten, um, unbelievable what he's done. And I think the connection that he has with with the group, I think at the start of the season, maybe you'd know about this, is he brought some past players back yeah. um, and they and they met, uh, you know, guys who wore the same number as them. And, and they, he kind of wanted to have a purpose about playing for Essendon and making sure the history meant something. Does that impress you, that kind of stuff? 
Yeah, no, I think it's really good. There was, you know, quite a few, you know, pretty vocal voices in the Essendon community who, I guess, at the end of the season prior, were, you know, spoke a lot about how, you know, we've kind of been a bit soulless since we moved, you know, out of Windy Hill and went to, you know, the hangar. Mm. Um, but a lot of work's been put into that. And I don't think it, it's just, you know, Ben Rutten. I think Paul Brash is heavily involved. Kevin Sheedy, who's back on the board, is heavily involved in this. And they are really trying to make sure a lot of these kids understand, you know, the history of the club they're a part of. And yeah. look, I thought that was an awesome thing. Um, it was really the big spark for me just before the start of the season because most Essen fans were all pretty glum coming into the year, you know, mm-hmm. expecting the worst. Um, and, yeah, I think that was a really nice starting point. And, you know, I interviewed a few ex-players over the season and, um, you know, I spoke to Jason Johnson who was yep. who was involved with the day and he was just saying to me how, how nice it was to, you know, be involved speaking um to, to these players and some he was saying how some of the you know ex players he still speaks with and now in regular dialogue with these players where you know they have little, little message threads together and will you know be bouncing stuff you know back and forth mm-hmm. off each other so look I think it's a really great step forward and you know I love what Ben Rutten's doing um, excluding the players who've probably now departed um, through retirements or just being delisted it's hard to find a player on that list who hasn't improved under Rutten yeah yeah I agree with that hey are you part of that group that's trying to convince Alex Rance to uh, get back on the field and play now that he's, he's jumped through the development coach? Nah, look, I, I'm okay. I think we've got enough key defenders, to be honest. <laughs> look, you know, I don't think it's going to be the uh, the vintage era uh, Rance that people might be wanting. But I, look, yeah. I think it's a really good uh, appointment. Um, obviously, you know, Essen fans who follow the VFL would have seen him play when we were up against Southport up in Queensland um, and he helped out. And there was some vision there of him helping. Um, I think it was young Cody Brand, if I'm, if I'm correct. And basically you could see he was showing him being like, this is how you need to position. This is mm. how you defend one-on-one. Um, and you've, you've got him there, obviously Ben Rutten, who is, uh, you know, an ex fullback himself. And then we've got a lot of key defenders there and there's some big raps on young Zach Reed who hasn't, you know, he played one game last year before getting injured. So I th- I th- I'm hoping that we can there develop these guys into really good defenders. Obviously Jaden Laverde had an outstanding year, but you know, we probably need someone as strong as him as well. I'm not sure if James Stewart's that right guy, but you know, with Rance there developing young young key players, and obviously Ben himself. Uh, you know, I'm excited for the future. We'll be back after a quick break. Are we going to see any surprises, you reckon, from Essendon during the trade period? I mean, they don't look like big players. And, and also maybe in the, I don't know, in the draft, you've got that early pick at 11, I think it is. Who, who would you hope that they bring in? Look, I don't think we'll be doing much this trade window. Mm. Um, there's there's whispers that we may try and trade some future picks to get 
you know, back into more picks for this draft. Um, I mean, speaking for myself, uh, it's actually quite nice not having to be stressing about trade window this year. Um, you know, probably in the past three, four years, it's been all this, you know, he's coming in, who's coming yeah, out, you know, Smith, Stringer, you know, yeah. Shield. obviously last year we had so much going on. Um, I think it's just a really good thing. And I think it's a good sign of where your club is at. And this is not just Essendon. There's a few clubs like this, but if you're coming into the trade window and you're not too busy, you know, one, you know, one player in out's okay. Mm. But if, if you're not doing wholesale four five plus player changes to your starting squad, it usually means you're pretty, you know, you're in the hunt yep. uh, or at least you're about to be there. And I think that's what's exciting about Essendon is that, there's only probably a couple of small pieces left to this jigsaw puzzle that we need to fill. Um, whereas you've asked me a year or two, two ago, I'd be going to this, 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 and this. So yep. trade window, I don't expect us to do much. Um, obviously there was whispers about Luke Dunstan, but I think that that's now that ship sale, which you know I'm totally fine with. Um, I wouldn't mind a small forward. Um, we did see, you know, the latter part of the season that, um, you know, Anthony McDonald's tip Moody wasn't playing. And I did feel like we did lack a bit of a, a potent small forward who can just, you know, jag a goal when you need to. Mm. I'm not really sure who's on the market and who is available. So whether that's someone from the draft um, or someone who's available for a trade or a free agent, you know, maybe, maybe that's the person we need, but I don't think we need too much. Have you got a dream trade for me? So just pretend you're the list manager now. You know what's you know what's available. You know what we've got. Just give me a fantasy one. In a perfect world, oh, what happens? Oh, I, th- I think most Essendon fans' fantasy would be that Ben King decides to come play for Essendon. I think that's yeah. uh, I think that's the one everyone would love to say because it means you'd have him there. Obviously, Harry Jones, who's developing really nicely, and then Peter Wright there as your, your sort of ruck forward. I, I think that's the one for me. Um, yeah. What do you have to give up? Oh, probably the farm, to be honest. I imagine, I imagine it'll be much. I mean, I'm not really sure what is, I don't think it'll be moving this window, but I'm not sure what we'd have to give up next year. But I imagine if we were to get him, it would cost quite a lot. And then I think what that would mean is we would be pushing, um, you know, the salary cap quite a bit because, you know, Darcy Parrish um, in two years time, will be probably asking for a very big contract. Obviously Zach Merritt's on a big one now. Dylan Shield's still getting paid a lot. Stringer's probably on quite a fair bit as well. So it will start to squeeze. Um, but I think if it is Ben King, you know, if we dream of, uh, I'd expect there to be quite a few zeros on that contract. Oh yeah. Quite a few zeros. Hey, where do they finish next? Do you say everything goes well? Good preseason under the belt. The experience is there. Uh, it's the 150th year. Be optimistic here. 2022 prediction for the Dons. What is oh, it, Rob? Oh, if I'm being super nothing and optimistic, I'd, I'd love to say top four. But I mean, yes, the, the, that's the, what we want. Yeah, the, ra- the rational the rational part of me says, you know, we should be gunning for a home final. Fifth or sixth is where I'd like to finish. Um, you know, as long as we can get past week one of the finals, I think that is that is the criteria that Essen fans need to see. And now more of this squad has had a chance to experience finals, mm. uh, albeit in a, in a quite a different setting to normal down there in, in Tasmania. But you know, a lot of these kids have had the experience. Now we we're very raw last last season, um, but next year that's guys who have you know played ten to fifteen games. You're gonna you know, get into the thirties guys in the thirties, the fifties and so on. Um, and if that happens, I feel like we've got a pretty exciting couple of years ahead of us, but you know, I'll temper expectations and I'll, I'll say fifth. I'll say fifth. Here you go. You heard it here first fifth. And then they make it all the way through to the granny and win it <laughs> and break the drought. Rob said it here first. I love it. 10 quick questions, Rob, about the Dons. This is the fun stuff. Okay. Right. Uh, which player would you most like to have a beer with at the pub from the Dons? 
Uh, oh, on the current list, it's. Oh, I mean, it's it's a tie between Sam Draper and, and Jake Stringer, to be honest. I mean, I think I'd probably be fangirling over Jake Stringer, but I feel like Sam Draper <laughs> would be a bit of fun. So It'd I'll be say, a bit I'll of fun. Say, I'll say Sam Draper. Yeah, Draper would be good. He'd have a laugh. Parish or Merritt, who would you get rid of? Who would I get rid of? I mean, it's it's very hard, but yeah, I I, th- I think probably Parish. Unfortunately, yeah, you'd have to choose Parish. I think I, I think I set on the sample size. I still have to pick. Uh, yeah, I still have to pick Zach Merritt to stay. Like yep. again, you know, the highs have been better in a sm- in a few small games here, here and there, but you know, Zach Merritt, like he's won three Crichton medals at Essendon now. He's a two-time All Australian. He's consistent. You know what you're going to get out of him. So mm-hmm. I'm going yep. to. That's a fair point. A shot after the siren, 45 degree angle, 40 meters out. Who are you choosing to kick it? Uh, Jake Stringer. <laughs> Stringer, yeah, he lives for those moments, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, if the Dons had to merge with one team, who would it be? Um, if we had to merge with another team. I mean, I don't think I could pick anyone in Victoria because it'd be it'd feel too weird. I mean, probably like Western Sydney or the Gold Coast because I probably wouldn't care yeah. much. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, everyone said Gold Coast so far, I think. Yeah, I mean, if SM merged the Gold Coast, we moved up there. I mean, I might just stop sporting footy, to be honest. So, <laughs> altogether, just yeah. dump it. Yeah, yeah fair I'll, enough. I'll, I'll find new sport. <laughs> um, would you rather sit right up the top in the nosebleed section by yourself for a grand final or be at home watching it with family and friends if the Dons made it? I think I'm going to have to go the nosebleeds, to be honest, because, you know, I'm, I, I feel like I'm a pretty chatty guy, especially after a couple of beers. So I'm sure I could yeah, make, you'll make friends. Well, you'll make heaps of friends. If you like minded Essendon supporters around me and we can uh, share in the glory together. <laughs> That's what happens. I got one ticket for 2017 set up in the nosebleeds, but I was best friends with everyone around by the end of it. You just It's, <laughs> it's an unbelievable experience. Uh, if Netflix asked you to choose one player to do a documentary on about their life story, yep. who would you pick from Essendon? <laughs> Oh, that's a very good question. That's a very good Thank question. Thank you. <laughs> um, look, I mean, Anthony McDonald's Woody stories is obviously quite mm. interesting, being an Islander boy and then playing some footy in country Victoria, going through the VFL system and then making it. Um, Jake Stringer's story is obviously quite interesting with some, you know, highs and some lows and some, um, you know, off-field stuff, which may uh, spark a bit of attention. But I think, you know... <laughs> If, if, if Essendon were to go all the way and, and win a flag in the next few years and Dyson Heppel was a part of it, I actually would say Dyson Heppel because he, he was there through the saga. Mm. Um, you know, he became captain after after Brendan Goddard when he, uh, you know, after that period. And, you know, I think he definitely has copped a lot from a lot of Essendon fans. Um, but I, I feel like it'd be quite interesting to cover Dyson's history through that period. Yeah. I like that one. If you could look exactly like one Essendon player, who would it be? And okay. looking at this, you look at you've got a bit of Kyle Hooker about you, but yeah. he's off the list now. So who would it be? Kyle, who would I look like? Well, the, uh, the the Essendon motto for next year, actually, I'll I'll, I'll break this early. The Essendon motto yeah. for next year is: if you can't be the best, be the hottest. Because um, I'll put it out there, Essendon has the hottest list in the AFL. I challenge anyone to even come come near it. Wow, hey, I've got to look into that. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's a fact. I mean, Jay Kelly's joining it. He's, he's a good looking. Guy. He's a good looking guy. He is. I he mean, is. I mean, look, it's it's pretty hard to go past Mac Welfy. I mean, he's a pretty good looking dude. Or if, or maybe Archie Perkins. Maybe I'll can I can I take like a half Perkins, half Welfy mix? All right, I'll give it to you this time. Yeah, uh, you can take that. Perfect. Yeah. All right, if you could choose one Essendon player to play millionaire hot seat. On your behalf, all money goes to you. Who do you pick? 
Ooh, who goes to me? Well, I'd want to pick an Essendon player who's smart. Yeah. Um, so That'd be a good choice. That's definitely going to rule a few out. I mean, I feel like, <laughs> actually, I feel like Andy McGrath might do pretty well. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a pretty well-educated guy. He's, he's yeah. studying. Like, he's doing a degree at the moment whilst he's there. So, I feel, I feel like Pidge might actually be able to mm. answer a few questions. That is a good answer. I like that. Uh, last one, most important. If you had yeah. to swap Ben Rutten with mm. one current AFL head coach, who would it be? <laughs> Oh, that's a very good question. If I just swap Ben Rutten for the Falford coach, who would be? Hmm. I'm just trying to okay, So it wouldn't be Simon Goodwin. No. Wouldn't, wouldn't be Luke Beveridge. I don't like Bev. He's a bit, no. he's a, he's a bit, he's a bit angry. Oh, yeah. Do you like Hardwick? He was an ex and player. Yeah. Had a bit of success. No, yeah. Richmond. No. Yeah. Look, I, I, yeah. Dim is definitely in the mix. I mean, Man, this is hard. I've actually never thought about this. It's like if you asked me this, listen, if you asked me this like a year ago, I reckon I could have really easily answered it. But now it feels yeah. like there's a few guys who were there that have kind of tapered That's off. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. It's a good one. And Clarko's not there anymore either, so yeah. that would have been an easy option. But you yeah. hate Hawthorne, so maybe you wouldn't ever want yeah. to be involved. Yeah. I mean, look, I've I've interviewed Clarko before for a project I worked on, and he's he's a very interesting guy to speak to. So yeah. Yeah. Like I, I know that the Hawthorne thing would be hard, but like it's very hard to turn down Clarko. Mm. Um, yeah. Look, I, I'll, I'll go with your suggestion. And I might just have to say Dimmer purely because of the old Essendon connection. And yeah. look, he's won flags before. Um, and yeah, I'm sure he'll be able to man, win, win a couple more with Essendon if he had to. Good choice. Hey, Rob, that was a lot of fun, mate. I never thought I could like an Essendon fan, but I do. Today, you've proven yeah. me wrong. I absolutely yeah. enjoyed it, mate. And I, we will chat again soon, okay? So hopefully some Essendon news comes through and you can get on one of the uh, 4 p.m. news wraps. But we will stay in touch, mate. I've, I've bloody enjoyed this. Uh, yeah. Hashtag Trade Center Live to get involved everyone we're going to be back at 4 p.m to wrap up all the news for the last time hey rob give your um podcast a plug and tell them uh where they can go and get your content yeah so the podcast is the sash for all the Essen fans uh who are out there listening you find it on any of your good podcast apps with the apple spotify google podcast whatever it might be um during season i sometimes put out some youtube videos we, we do record um some of our podcasts live um but just find us on the socials um obviously not much going there now as we are in in the off season i don't really post trade rooms so uh but anyway yeah the sash spotify apple all of that come find us there very good man, Rob. Love it. We'll uh, speak to you guys at 4 p.m. Enjoy. Enjoy.